Desperate need for some chizuk, just some good, good chizuk, just some strong chizuk. And we're going to do tonight, basically, we're going to learn straight from Rabbi Nassim of Breslov, together with Rav Erez Moshe Doron, who has a way with his words that just kind of makes it mungash, uh, approachable. So, I was learning a shir today, and this Rav said, I don't remember his name, so Mechila, but he said that in order to understand the whole Mahalach of this Parsha, especially the beginning of the Parsha, where it's Moshe Rabbeinu being told by God, listen, whatever was in the past was in the past, but now you're about to see something you never saw before. You know, can you imagine that? We heard that today. Whatever was in the past was in the past. 
you're about to see something you never saw before. That's how the Parsha begins. That's how the miraculous Exodus begins. Just by saying those words. But you have to have Bikiyas in Kabbalah. You have to be completely uh, Baki. How do you say Baki? You have to be completely uh, thorough. Literate. Yeah. You've got to be a Kabbalist to understand what that really means. I revealed myself to them through the name of Kel Shin Dalid Yud, but the name of Yud Kevavke, I didn't reveal to them. Oh, okay. <laughs> and we're sitting there learning, sitting there, I was saying, okay, and Baya, what, what, what exactly does that mean? What does that mean? Like we can, and we can learn that. Yeah, we could speak about Shem, the name Shin Dalid Yud, that's the name Shamar Lamodai, that's the name that God revealed to the Avot. Where God was more in contraction, Simpson, he told the world, "Stop, stop, exist, creating, being created, and spreading everywhere. You got to be constrict, constricted. You got to bring it more into narrowness. Whatever that means." And now Yudke Vavke. I mean, what would you say is a good uh, uh, description of the name Yudke Vavke? Presence? I don't know. Rachamim, as opposed to Elokim, I don't know exactly. Usually. But what I want to what, what I want to bring down tonight is just simple chizuk. And not, don't worry, we're not gonna we're not gonna do Kabbalah one hundred and one tonight. And we're just gonna get some good chizuk for ourselves, I believe. So if you can look <coughs> in Reb Natan of Breslov, and he's telling us what was and what to, and also and also what to expect. Likutei halachot, hilchot shiluach haken halacha dalid. We have more something. Kol ma she'avar al Yisrael b'tziyat Mitzrayim b'kabalat ha-Torah v'achar kach. Anything Am Yisrael ever went through when it came to Exodus from Egypt and receiving the Torah, and here, you don't have to share, it's okay, and whatever happened afterwards, and then all the wars that we read about in order to conquer Eretz Yisrael. And everything that happened to us as an Am, even after that. Everything. Anyone that wants to merit Chayei Olam, what is Chaye Olam? Where do we have that in our literature? Liturgy? Wait, what does that mean? Chaye Olam. You, you planted within us Chaye Olam. So what's, well, what's, we have to talk about that for a second. Chaye Olam. We could say it on a Pshat level, like real life. To really acquire a real life in this world. Probably according to the PSS, that means bringing on Aden into your own world. Anyone that wants to really be alive in this world, everything... Um, you have to go through everything that the Torah says that Am Yisrael went through, through the Torah. <laughs> and if you really want to acquire this world, whatever that means exactly, you have to understand that that means that when the Torah tells us Am Yisrael went through this, then they went through this, then they went through this, well, that's your story if you want to become someone that... What does it mean that makes it here? You know, that mamish makes it here. If that's who you want to become, you got to listen closely to the stories of the Torah. And Reb Nassim is saying, that goes over on you. That's your story as well. Third line, 
שיעבור עליו כל מיני מלחמות בלי שיעור. You're going to have to go through so many different wars, one after the other. ובכל עת שרוצה להתעורר ולהתחזק בעבודת השם. And every time a person wants to awake, tries to awake himself and to get strong. When it comes to עבודת השם, I take something on. I take a step closer. Reb Nassim says, guess what's going to happen to you. אזי מתגברים בכל פעם יותר. It's going to get even harder. That's how you know you're doing okay, by the way. So I feel like Am Yisrael is going through a very weird and rough and hard time right now. That's probably because we took a giant step closer. And this is the simon that it was a big step closer. Because now it seems like there's a big step further. It's not my words. It's Reb Nassim Braslaver. Azai mitgabrim b'chol pam b'yoter. Bifrat b'hat chala. This definitely happens when you first choose to jump in. Sheze b'chinat tichbad ha'avoda. Now, why is it that when you first step into trying to re- bring some light into your life, right away you feel like it gets harder and darker? Because everything that we're doing is through this hishtakfut, this, um, I'm sorry about my Hebrew and English, this uh, prism, huh? it's through the prism of the story of Yitzhiyah's Mitzrayim. Moshe Rabbeinu tries to sprinkle some light on us, on Avadim. What's the first thing that happens to us when Moshe Rabbeinu tries to do something good for us? It gets worse. That's what Yav Nassim is saying. When you try to do something good and you try to jump closer, it's the same thing. It's the same paradigm. What happened then happens to you in your life as well because that's exactly what happened. Remember, up until that time, Moshe Rabbeinu comes And he says what he says, and then Paro says, you know what, you used to have Shabbos off? No. Now you don't have Shabbos off either. Then Moshe Rabbeinu goes back to Hashem and says, what in the world's going on over here? You sent me to be the shliach to bring light into their lives, and look what I did. I brought more darkness. And that we have that voice too. Saying, I don't understand you, God. I took this on, I came closer to you, and then you take this away from me? It's the same exact thing. Same story. וזה בחינת תכבד העבודה. This is what I mean, the workload's going to get heavier. הנאמר בהתחלת גאולת מצרים. This is brought down at the beginning of the story of the redemption of Egypt. כי עשית רעך רע. The other side, כשרואה שבא צדיק אמיתי בחינת משה. He sees that a real צדיק, the aspect of משה רבינו, is coming ורוצה להוציא את איש הישראלי מגלות נפשו. And this... Moshe, the aspect of Moshe wants to remove an Israelite from the gullus of his own nefesh. Hu mitgare, hu mitgaber alav yoter v'yoter, hu machbid alav al ha'olam hazeh, v'atavot v'aparnasa, ad shekashe alav lazuz mimkomo, lashuv l'ashem itbarach. This yid that comes to do something good, the other side is very aware and detects it, and makes it even impossible for you to continue on your journey. אבל דרך ישראל עם קדוש, בטווי אבס ג'ויש פיפל, שהם תופסים אמנות אבותיהם בידיהם. What do we do? What does it mean? mean we grab the artistry of our parents? What is the artistry of our parents? Yehuda Glantz had a song. It went like this. רק לצעוק אל השם, רק לצעוק אל השם, רק לצעוק אל השם. You gotta just scream to God. The only thing you gotta do is scream to God. What's left but scream to God? When did we start doing that? 
last Shabbos. Paro dies. That's what we learned last week. Vayanchu, vayizaku, vatal shavatam alayokim. Reb is saying, but we know what happens when you feel like you take, took a step closer and then you feel God or this, whatever it is is taking a step further. What's left for you to do? Rationalize the situation? Good luck. What's left for you? If you try to rationalize that situation, you'll rationalize yourself out of a relationship engaged in godliness. Granted. What are you supposed to do? He says, we... we, we we grabbed onto the artistry of our parents, of what they did. What did they do? They screamed. That's what we do too. And every time you scream, paro, pera, the lashon hara, that tells you you're nothing, whatever that is, gets quieter and quieter when you scream to Hashem more and more, admitting that I have no idea what to do right now. But I know that I need to scream out to you. And after I scream out to you, I'll know a little bit better what to do. This, in a nutshell, was what I was trying to, but I've been trying to convey this week to people in response to absolute Choshech Mitzrayim and Paro with this whole sugya that we're dealing with in Eretz Yisrael. And so many people are having a hard time trying to understand why are you talking about calling out to Hashem right now? You know what you have to do. And I'm like, Really? Is that clear? It's clear to you what to do? Like everything we knew until now, like that's not... We're living in such times of darkness. It must be because we went closer, right? It has to be. It has to be that. But now there's another realm of hastara, of concealment. Where, where do we have the chutzpah to not cry to Hashem before acting? It's not a Jewish thing. It's not a Jewish concept to just respond. That's not, not how we act. A Jew screams to Hashem, and the moment he finishes that scream, or even while he's screaming, he acts with that, hum, with the, with that humility. But it's not a Jewish thing to just be like, oh, I feel the concealment. Boom, this is what you got to do. You cry out to Hashem, first of all. It's where it all, it's where it all starts. The, 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 the point of this teaching that Rabbi Natan is telling us is saying, again, everything that happened to us in Mitzrayim and the way it all worked is the only way that we can merit Chayei Olam. Chayei Olam Natabatochenu. Now, Chayei Olam means eternal life when you think about it. Chayei olam, life that's forever, le'olam, forever. Chayei olam means that you attach yourself to things that are not bound by this world. Like what? What's not bound by this world? What are, huh? Tefillah is definitely not. What else isn't bound by this world? What is? What's something holy that's bound by this world? Yeah, it's interesting. Mitzvahs are bound by this world. Because in the Olama Emet, there, there are no mitzvot. Mitzvahs are the means to get to the kirva. But that's a very interesting thing. So the way we get to Chaye Olam, Reb Nassim is saying, is if when you're reading the parsha and you understand, I have to go through this too, and then you keep on reading next week and next week, I have to find out every single detail of what happened to Am Yisrael and what Hashem was saying to us and not saying to us, so that I could also be part of this thing called Chaye Olam. Because those Jews that went through this, they're alive forever. 
In fact, according to the, 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 the Sfarim, it's an amazing thing how there's so many Dorot that keep on coming back, keep on coming back over and over and over again. It doesn't mean that they keep on needing a Tikkun, it just means that also that they're alive forever. There's a Chiyus, they have a Shaychus to every single door. But the most important thing over here is to remember that the insanity of living in a world where I can't believe it's getting dark again is not a new story. It's not a new story. And when I remember that it's not a new story, I can somehow attach myself with chizuk to a bigger picture. Because if I think that what I'm going through no one else ever went through, I don't have anything to lean on, I don't have anything to connect myself to. This is what Rabbi Nassim is doing. I want you to jump to the next piece. This is from another place from Reb Nassim. I, I really relate to this. This is like mamash, mashu acher legamre. V'techef shematchil ezet smichat keren Yeshua. The moment a little bit of a ray of light opens up, like no more corona, and then Israel opens for like a week, and then, right, and back to nothing. By the way, I, I was on a call last night with with a certain uh, how do I say this in a way that no one knows what I'm talking about? I was on a call last night. And uh, someone not from the... It was a conference call that wasn't people living in the country of Israel. And they were saying how people in outside of the land are beginning to resent Israel. Not just, not just like sad that they can't come here, but they're beginning to resent Eretz Israel. Because how could it be that they send all this money here and they're not allowed to come in? So now it's a resentment which is leading to apathy. So I was wondering if the person on the line was expecting me to go to the... Uh, oh, you know. I didn't know what to do at that moment. I was just very like, wow, that's really bad. That's really sad. And then I tried to switch the, the conversation. It's like, there's moments where things open and they get, then they get closed again. There's a tzmichat karen for a moment, then boom, and then, and then it's taken away. You know, I, it, it kind of feels like <clears throat> the contrast between Melchemet Shesh Amim and Melchemet Yom Kippur, where Melchemet Shesh Amim was probably the biggest tzmichat karen that we've had since Har Sinai. And then maybe like the aftermath of that, of Melchemet Yom Kippur. Were you already in Israel in Melchemet Yom Kippurin? No. Not yet. After that Milchemet Yom Kippurim, where it wasn't, you know, it was, it was a miracle that we lasted, we stayed alive, but but in our own lives, there's Tzmichot Keren, and then it's removed. So this is what he says. V'techef shematchil ezet Tzmichat Keren Yeshua, azay techef, right away, hasitra achra, the other side, v'amastini mitgarim biyoter biyoter lekatregu leagbir atzalachas v'shalom. Right away, the prosecutors, those that are coming and can't stand when Yidin look happy and look like things are going good for them, they come and they right away begin to prosecute. K'mo shnei bnei adam hanilchamim zeh zeh, like two people that are fighting each other. K'she'echad ro'esh echavero mitgaber, hu mitgaber yoter. Same thing in a boxing match. When you see the other person's overcoming you, you come back with more, with, try with, you know, with, with more of a, of a fight. This is where all of our, our nefilas, all of our fallings stem from. They don't stem from things have just been bad and now they're getting worse. They stem from things were actually looking good 
and now I'm let down. And when a person feels let down, they let themselves go down more and more and more. Because they say, listen, if I wasn't let, if I wasn't let down right now, chaval, chaval for you, you would have had a yid that's on fire. But you let me down, so it's like, I guess this is what you want, Hashem. What's the point? What, What's the point? Apathy. Reb Nassim says, Mizeh ba'im kol, and if this is where all fallings come from, ve'ait rachkut shel kol b'nei adam, and distancing, and people feeling far. People don't feel far because they've been feeling far for a while, now they're just very far. Distance is created from a lack of closeness. That's what, that's what distance is created from. So there was closeness. Moshe Rabbeinu is going to come and say, you're going to be free. Moshe Rabbeinu comes, he starts talking, Things get worse. They're let down. And then what, what does the Torah tell us? Velo shamu el Moshe. ruach kasha. They didn't even want to hear what he had to say anymore. Why? We're let down already. What's the point of listening to you? It's just going to get worse. I don't want to listen to you. I got my hopes up for a second. And look what happened. And that, again, that's the design. That's what happened in our parsha. But this is what's happening, that happens in our life as well, Rav Nassim says. How many people, oh, how many people, kosher yidin that took upon themselves so much, and after they took upon themselves and got closer, they felt let down, and then when they get let down, forget it, it's a bad scene. So Moshe Rabbeinu comes to the Yidin, he says, no, no, listen, I have signs now. It's going to work, it's going to be amazing. And then what ends up happening? Who causes Paro's heart to be hard? <laughs> this is all designed by Hashem, this is the ping-pong match, okay? V'amar teven. I'm not giving you Shabbos anymore, and I'm not giving you straw anymore. The Torah tells us these stories to show us that it was our test in these moments. Davka to mechazek ourselves, when things were looking like this, Lehaamin ki bevaday dvar Hashem aydei Moshe, neeman beito bevaday yakum leolam. To believe that eventually it must be there cannot be a mitziyut that the shlichut of Moshe Rabbeinu would not envelop and would not unfold and would not be clear that this is really what's happening. Now, what's the equivalent of that today? If you would say, like, the nevuah of Moshe Rabbeinu not really happening. What would you say the equivalent of that is in today's day and age? It's a heavy question, and there's not one answer, but if we have to throw some things out, Think about it. Moshe Rabbeinu is carrying the word of God. He comes and the word of God seems to be the reason or the, I guess, the, the word of God results in making things worse. What's the equivalent of that today? I'd say people getting excited about a political candidate and then he's totally disappointed. Wow, you're very, it's amazing that you would, I, I would, <clears throat> you would give a lot of kavzchus to uh, political candidates. That's what people do, though. No, they do, but I, maybe, maybe I have to sharpen the question. Yeah. I'm not saying putting your hopes in things that is stupid. 
<laughs> I'm talking about put your hope, putting your hopes in things that actually make sense and that's right and that's holy and feeling like the Yidin did by believing in Moshe Rabbeinu. What's the equivalent of that today in our lives? You have to believe, no, it, it will happen, but it's not on my... I was learning with, with Charles earlier today. He said a line, uh, you're not God's accountant, something. I don't know, it was a lot of laughing. It's, I don't know. <laughs> you're not God's... Meaning, yeah, eventually, Moshe, his word will prevail. It will happen. It's not the way you... I, I, I sense this... This only one time in my life that this was like in my face, and it was Yom Yerushalayim, uh, May 2005. Why? Why do I know 2005? Those, huh? Yeah. So Yom Yerushalayim, so Rav Mordechai Eliyahu Zatzal, Zechetzal Kodesh Livracha, came on stage. We all, this, we're, when we were playing, we I played with Chaim David those years. And was, did you ever come? You, you, you were there, no? You were one of those the years? Kotel? The Kotel, with like 100,000 people. It's crazy. And uh, Toby, did you ever come to one of those? No, you played. I mean, I would never advise anyone to try to walk it's in there. It's, it's, I was, our year, Daddy played. <laughs> <laughs> all good. <laughs> It's about 100,000 people there. Every, that year, everyone was in orange. Because orange was like the semel of the anti-heat natkut, right? Gush Katif. So, Rav Mordechai Eliyahu got up on stage and he said, It won't be. And when three months later it was, the only thing I thought of was the tzaddik's words are, are, are true. So what's this reality we're meeting right now? It can't be, right? Now, on our world level, he was wrong. Or I shouldn't say our, my world level, he was wrong. Just like the Jews, when Moshe Rabbeinu came and said what he said, and they saw that it wasn't happening, they said, he's wrong. To understand that in a second, the second Am Yisrael decides that we actually want to be avadim nemanim to Hashem, the whole problem with Gaza and any part of Eretz Yisrael can go like, like this. Like this, without hurting a fly. We just have to be clear that's what we want. When Rav Mordechai Eliyahu said, Lo yakum velo yeh, he's speaking about a reality that can happen any given second, I believe, fully. It's just a matter of when are we going to be able to be very clear and reunited that this is what we, this is what we actually want. And this is what we actually believe. This is the words of tzaddikim that are alive forever. Even if it didn't take place in our lifetime, while we're going through it, the nisayon is to understand their words will, are alive and will take place. Maybe not in the time that we think they're going to take place, just like the Jews in Mitzrayim. 
had the same exact Nisayan when it came to believing in Moshe Rabbeinu's words. Okay. So now, Rav Erez takes this, kind of, and he, he just brings his own language to help us again understand the context of, these, of this Parsha. And again, like without learning the basics of Kabbalah, we can't really understand the depth of how Hashem reveals Himself in the beginning of the Parsha, through you know, talking about Shindalid Yud and the name Yud Kevavke. But I saw the Chalban, he said a Gevald thing. You know the Chalban, you ever of the Chalban? Rabchaim Akon, Zichet Tzadakosh Livracha, he's one of the biggest Kabbalists that died just like, what was it, two years ago? Three years ago? Less. Less even, Yelodeh. He said, books, a bunch of books, Akitsu, Ranenu, he has all these beautiful Sfarim. This guy, they called him the Chalban because he was a Chalban, which means a milkman. But and he didn't, he looked, I mean, he was clean shaven, he wore like, Probably like, I don't know, beige button-down shirt, khaki pants. This guy was hold, one of the biggest Kabbalists of our time. They called him the Chalban. There's also his chevre, he lives in Tel Aviv. You've heard of him, no? There's also like Hasandlar. There's all these guys there. <laughs> Achayat, the tailor. So the Chalban explained that, that Hashem was telling Moshe Rabbeinu, look, in Sefer Shmot, Moshe Rabbeinu is a different Sefer. Sorry. Sefer Bereshit was a different Sefer. What Sefer Bereshit? There were no real... How many miracles, like, supernatural miracles took place in Sefer Bereshit? Alpi Pshat of the Torah. Can you name a few? What was the, what was the, what was the miracle? The flipping over... Okay. Maybe, yeah. Briyat al <laughs> What that was that? <laughs> Oh, once the world is created, I'm saying oh, okay. within the framework of creation, the flood is that a is that a is that a supernatural miracle? It could be a mitzvah of right. It's a miracle, but it's not the type of miracle the Chaban was saying that completely defy, like completely right, um, and that's because right now in Sefer Shmot. The Chalban said, there's finally a klal, there's, there's a mishpacha. And when a mishpacha is there and exists together, and they are together, and where they're at, supernatural can happen. Bereshis was the book of Yechidim. As holy as they were, they were individuals. For individuals, you don't flip over nature completely, but for the klal of the mishpacha, things get flipped over. But until that moment happens, you still have to go through tremendous tests. Tremendous tests of emuna, which is what we're in right now. And we have to remember this. We have to remember, the chizuk now is not to remember that everything is perfect. The chizuk is to remember that our story, we're reading about this Shabbos. If I want to understand what's happening to me in my life, I, I really have to read the Parsha and understand that this is, not the, this is not a new story. This is not the first time, but I have to, that should give me a tremendous amount of chizuk. So look what Rav Erez Moshe Doron says. Kol pam michadash nidme shehine hine ze kvar asof atov shel kol atzarot. It always seems, again, that we're about, we're on the brink of the end of tzaras. Techef yigmeru abayot. Suddenly, you know, yeah, soon all the problems will be solved. Techef te'alem ha-korona. In a second, corona's gone. 
I bet you none of you really thought we'd be here a year and... Almost two years. Purim's two years, right, more or less? Yeah. Yeah, it's unbelievable. Uh, everyone thinks now, no, no, this last one is this last round, and then like in two weeks, herd, herd immunity, and then we don't know nothing. <laughs> but it always seems like we're on the brink of it finishing, right? Whatever storms are happening will calm down. And soon evil and crime will, will just cease to exist. But then Balagan comes back. And the waves keep on hitting. It's a great, it's a great uh, terminology. Means, it means the champion of hafchada, um, the champion of injecting fear. There's a person, his... his his malchus is like this malchus of hafchada. Remember, we're learning in the Breslov Shir, Arura Zeret, Eishet Mafchidi. There's a klipa, Reb Nassim says, it's called Zeresh. It's Haman's wife. We say in the, in the tefillahs over there, Arura Zeresh, Eishet Mafchidi. Her whole Indian in this world is to make you scared of something. So he says, and then when these things happen, when you think you're on the brink of elimination of darkness, and then that's not what's happening, who comes and runs the show? Alufa hafchadot. The champion, the one that's able to instill within you fear. He comes along and says, I got great prime property here right now. Hayetzer shemetsigit matzav agashav ha'uvalav. This the yetzer that comes and presents a false presentation. And he loves doing this. Ataroe, you see? Klum lo kore. Shum davar tov. Shum you see? Was it worth getting excited that things are about to be really good? I'm here to help you. Don't, don't disappoint yourself again. Just be... Uh, don't, don't let yourself have any anticipation of any light coming your way next time, because look at you now. But really, Not only is nothing happening now, nothing is going to happen either. There is no geula on its way. It, 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 it didn't happen until now, and it's not going to happen. And that's a very loud, loud voice sometimes. You feel like an idiot. That rabbi said geula is going to happen on this so-and-so date. That rabbi said it's about to happen now. I got my hopes up here, my hopes up there. I had Maishir Rabbeinu come and tell me things are going to be good. And Maishir Rabbeinu slash whatever the tzaddik of the door is, of Mordechai Eliyahu, or whatever it is in your life, is that dmut. And even what they're saying is not happening. And the Yetzer, the Aluf Afchadot is saying, just look at, look at your life. Is it worth it to get excited anymore? Kacha bidiyuk, Rav says, blitzer shel safek. This is exactly what our fathers and mothers felt in Egypt. Amongst all the broken-hearted, low-down-spirited people in Am Yisrael, the, the, the word started spreading of Geula is happening. Geula is happening. A moment later, 
זה נהיה רק יותר שחור ויותר נער. It got worse, more dark and more bitter. הגזרות החריפו והעמיקו. The decrees became more harsh. אפילו הגואל המקובע, even משה רבינו, the redeemer, הופך מטרה לביקורת חריפה. Suddenly people are, are instigating against משה רבינו. ירא השם עליכם וישפוט אשר יבאשתם את רוחנו בעיני פרעה ובעיני עבדיו לתת חרב בידם להרגנו. People, wanna, people are so angry at משה רבינו now. Why'd you instigate? Why'd you make it worse? ומשה מתמרמר לפני השם, מה הטעם בשליחותו? אם המצב רק מחמיר. משה רבינו, standing before Hashem, and he's wondering, he's getting bitter too. למה הרי אותה? Right? The end of last Shabbos. ומאז באתי לפרעה, from the moment you sent me, how could you have used me to be the reason that things got worse? At this moment, everything looks like it's upside down and horrible. That's what happened in our story, in our parsha. אבל. <laughs> Thank God there's an אבל. אבל אלוקים אינו אדם שחוזר בו מהבטחתו. God doesn't retract his promises. והוא חוזר ואומר, אתה תראה, now you're gonna see, אשר אעשה לפרעה, כי ביד חזקה ישלכם, וביד חזקה יגרשם מארצו. What's gonna happen now, you've never seen things like this before in your life. So let me ask you, Chavit, today, 2021-2, What could be the equivalent of forcing God to say, "Oh really? And now you're really going to see what it's all about." Anyone have the answer to that? What is that? What did Moshe Rabbeinu do? Moshe Rabbeinu goes to God and he says to him, "How could I have been used to make your name smaller in the world? Complete nullification of his own reputation. It's not about him. I came to talk Beshimcha. I came to speak in your name. Hashem, your name is getting smaller in the world. How could that be? Your name's getting smaller. Whether Paro wants this to happen, whether all our enemies want us to not succeed or succeed, it's going to happen anyway. Why? Because God doesn't retract his promises, simple as it is. Ba'anachnu, in us, am ikesh v'kadosh, a stubborn, persistent, and holy nation, namshich lavuz l'mitzegei ha'shav, we will continue to lavuz. Yuri? Lavuz? Yeah, a tough one. Boo them. Boo, actually, it, it kind of, it really is, yeah. We'll boo that, those fake... Uh, 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 presenters of reality and will ignore their, their fake content that they're showing us. We're a people like no other. We will continue to believe only in one leader that's conducting this whole story of the redemption. Hashem. This is important. The leaders are falling like flies. I mean, there's no, no one trusts anybody anymore. Perhaps that really is a push, a final push for making Hashem our Rebbe, whatever that means. Just, it seems like that's, that's what's left. Like, did you ever make Hashem your Rebbe? 
Because Hashem doesn't retract His promises. He promised it will happen. And the redemption will come. So I want us all to grab onto these words of Reb Nassim, of Reb Erez. Reb Erez Moshe Doron. He's, he's great. Yeah, yeah, he's great. He's an amazing person. Breslev, Israeli, yeah, yeah. We've, we've learned a lot of his pieces over the year, over the years. And I hope and pray that we will be able to see ourselves in this story. When we, we learn these parshias, it's always true, we always have that vort of the Alter Rebbe, you have to live with the times, you have to learn the parsha. But the way we understand it now in the context of parsha Va'era, you have to remember that's the context of our lives as well. If you took a step towards Hashem, and it just felt like you were getting closer and closer, without any hitrachkut, I'd actually be nervous. Sure. Yeah. During the Parsha, like during when this is all happening, because you know, we all read it as part of the cute story, and, and Hashem hardened his heart. But during the actual story, like, that wasn't part of the story. I mean, people didn't know that was happening, right? That Hashem was hardened in his heart. Did the people, uh, it's a great child, did people know that, that Hashem was, well, you remember the first plagues, it wasn't Hashem doing it, Kivyacho. It said that Paro hardened his own heart. Only later, he, his Hashem hardened his heart. The Rambam explains that basically he brought a punishment onto himself. By hardening his own heart, God said, oh, you're doing that? Your punishment is, I'm not going to let you stop doing that. But the Shaila of, did they know, did Am Yisrael know, that Paros, I think it was only when Moshe Rabbeinu would come back and report, you could also, sorry. maybe they knew. You could also say that Paro hardened his heart. Like, what is that? really mean, meaning he had obviously freedom of choice, but, you know, there's still like a little bug in his ear. Are you asking in terms of like, what's the equivalent well, of that well, in our story well, today? The reason why now is because like we see like, in that, you know, you know, like with, with COVID, you know, it's like, oh, co- and now COVID's back. So now but COVID's like, hardened. Like, these aren't <laughs> things that are just happening. It's like, and now Hashem has decided COVID's back. And now Hashem has decided they are closing the, you know, like you can't leave Israel or come to Here's where it gets really complicated. Because you have a lot of different perushim in terms of what is it, whose, whose heart is being hardened through the story of COVID. That's where it gets so mishagas today. Some would say Hashem has hardened, uh, I don't know, the minister of, uh, what's his name? Horowitz, the, the, the health minister's heart. Some would say, no, he's hardened the heart of anti-vaxxers. Like, it's so confusing today. We don't even know the equivalent of these things anymore. We just know it to be a, con- a concealment. I don't even know. But I like your question of, did, you didn't know that that's what was happening to Paro. Like, Moshe Rabbeinu comes back to Hashem and tells him, you know, what Paro said as if Hashem didn't know, but I don't know. But you only know that, like, you would say, like, they knew that, if they had a Munah, because that obviously is right. why and how it's happening. Only the, only the second group of Makot, the first five Makot, their Munah wouldn't play a role here because they could say about themselves, they could say, oh, he's being a, you know, whatever. Right. The last Makot, they're like, oh, Hashem is doing this? Yeah, so it's interesting. I still have PTSD from a, from a, a test I had to take in seventh grade. Mamish, I remember this as you brought it up right now. We had this teacher, I remember his name. I'm not going to say it because 
it just brings bad emotions. <laughs> but he would basically test us on saying, we had to memorize all the makot and when there was a hatra'ah and not a hatra'ah, which means when there was a warning and when there wasn't a warning, and then how fast did Paro's heart harden? Hmm. It was horrible. Whatever. That's fine. Side note. It's okay. Nah. Hold on to Reb Nassim. Life, life jackets. Mamish life jackets. Okay. Shukrach, everyone. Yeah.